0: So I'll explain what we're going to be doing this next month in a moment, but I want to look at a scripture with you guys out of Psalm 130 before we get into Luke chapter 1. It says, My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. Now my question for you this morning, are you positioned in a place of waiting upon the Lord? Cause we wait on a lot of things in this life don't we but for us as believers this is a good thing for we've been created for the lord and to wait upon him is a must in our lives and sometimes i know you've read this this is in the psalms it's a passage that we know of in our souls we know it longs we long for the Lord more than all things and more than those who watch for the morning well what in the heck does that mean okay how many of you guys were up before light this morning waiting for the light to come up I can't wait so I can start the day you know that doesn't seldom happen I used to have a shift job where I had to work at night and you guys ever have one of those I could not wait for the morning because when morning came, that meant I was done with work. Finally, I got to go home. But even more than waiting upon the morning, okay, can't wait for it to come. We should be a people that above all else, we are waiting upon our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And really, that's kind of the reality of Advent and why we're going to take time this year to spend the month of December looking to why We wait upon Jesus. And are we waiting upon Jesus? Pastor, I thought he came already. Isn't that what Christmas is all about? Didn't he come 2,000 years ago? Yeah, he did. Do you guys know something? Whoa, man, you guys must go to a good church. Do you guys know they talk more about the second coming of Christ than they did about his first coming? Actually, eight times more. So if there were over 300 prophecies concerning Jesus' first coming, which he fulfilled them all, just think about all that's going to happen when he comes again. Can't wait. Aren't you guys kind of excited? I sure am. So, Father, we do want to pray and ask of you, Lord, as we just consider Advent this morning, God, would you do a great work within our heart? I know I'm guilty of getting so preoccupied and busy with stuff the circumstances that surround me, that I find myself waiting for the lessers of this life when I know from my soul it is good to wait upon you. And that is our desire today, this morning, as we pause, as we look to you, may we wait well we ask in your name. Amen. So Advent is expected waiting, okay? I like the quote, and you guys have probably heard this before. If you're sick of Christmas by the 25th and can't wait to take all the decorations down and be done, you've done Advent incorrectly. There's a purpose in Advent. You see, Advent, what is it? Well, it's the coming, Okay, that's what it means, arrival, the coming. What's the greatest coming of all time? Our Lord and Savior. Think about that. God, the creator of all things, coming into his own creation to be like his creation? I can't think of a greater coming. <laughs> wow, right? So it is this anticipation of waiting. So it's the preparation of the event of Christmas. And what is Advent? I'm glad you asked. It's really finding joy and anticipation in the waiting. Okay? I'm not going to have you raise your hands because I'll raise my hand. (laughs) Christmas isn't always a joy. There's always a lot of other things going on. And to be honest with you guys, I've struggled, I think, this year more than any other and preparing, and how much more that's weighed on me personally because God put into my heart, this is a year we're going to do Advent at church. (laughs) I should be more joyous and excited about this than anybody else in preparation. Do you guys know that God is faithful to deal with our hearts? He's good. And he's been doing that, guys. So there is a, 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 a joy... There is an anticipating that should be within our hearts and in our lives, you know. I think of um, the coming of a baby. Like, I'm really excited for you, it's Like I'm like, really, like, since I heard about that, I've prayed for you every day. <laughs> like, I'm excited. There's a blessing in that, you know. It might be the waiting upon, hey, we know a wedding's coming up, you know. Lizzie and Gabe just got married. We are like, wait, and it's coming. Oh, it's going to come up real quick. Now they're married, you know. We, we wait on those things, you know. Or maybe you have someone that's going to be coming over for dinner. What do you do? You prepare, you know. Whatever we're waiting upon, there needs to be some preparation. You guys see where we're going with this? And that's why it's good for us to slow down <laughs> and to wait upon the Lord. You can only be ready for something if you're if you get ready for it. Does that make sense? You know, again, I confessed a little bit. <laughs> I was to the point, guys, we're not putting up a tree this year. <laughs> I just want to do the bare minimum. Okay, there is so much going on in life. There are other priorities that are necessary. Because there's the stuff of Christmas that can be busyness. And we can do all Christmas and miss the reality of Christmas, which is Jesus. And my heart is like, I, I want us to grasp Jesus. <laughs> I'm sick of the tradition and all this stuff. But there is a place when we give ourselves to Advent in the waiting, in the praying, in the hoping of the coming of our Messiah that is right, it is healthy for us. Isn't is that our blessed hope? so many people, they look at Advent, well, it's all about Christ coming 2,000 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, that's important. That's a big part of the gospel story because if he never came, we're still lost in our sin. We're still under a curse. There is no way out. That is good. (laughs) But our blessed hope is what? That he is coming back because we still live in a fallen world. Though we may be saved, and we've been given eternal life. There's still a world that is in rebellion, that is choosing to suppress the truth of who God is. And that's hard. <laughs> and things are getting worse and worse. You guys seeing the same thing I'm seeing? It just seems like things are falling apart. And we're actually not getting closer to God. We're rejecting him more and more. But we as believers, when we look to the coming of Christ, what do we do? Everyone who is looking for his coming purifies himself as he is pure. Don't you have that heart's desire? Because Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, hey, he who is pure in heart, they shall see God. Don't you guys want to see more of the Lord to be close to him? There is something that Advent does for the believer. So Advent is normally four weeks long, right? Right? Okay, a period leading up to Christmas. We're going to do it in three. Okay, this is the first Sunday in December. And what we're going to do is we're just going to pause from where we've been normally studying through scriptures as we've been going through Exodus and Corinthians. And we're going to look back at Jesus' coming as our Redeemer. And we're also going to look forward to the second coming of our Restorer. Our Redeemer and our Restorer. That's Jesus, okay? Advent commemorates the birth of Christ. But it also welcomes God into our lives every day. So it is about God coming into our lives, but also into our hearts to give place for that. Because we let a lot of things in. How much Jesus are we letting in? So we're going to take that time to give place for that to happen. Okay? And in that, guys, you know, yesterday we had men's prayer. And we had a brother bring up a point of just even in the littlest things of the day, you know, even in the regular just decisions of even what I'm going to put on today, you know, bringing Christ into those moments. That is something that's good to practice, to have fellowship, okay, uh, in him in such a way. So in all moments, in all places, in all spaces, in all times, okay, okay, we walk with Jesus. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. He's with us. So why ignore him if he's right there? He's with us right now, guys. So some of us have summed up <clears throat> the whole Bible into four words. Creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. We're currently, right now, standing in that time in history where Where we're right between the redemption and the restoration. And how many of you guys are looking forward to that restoration? Okay. Okay. It is already. Think about that. Where we're standing right now. Okay. We're saved. How many of you guys have eternal life? Raise your hand. Cool. (laughs) But don't we often think of eternal life as, oh, that's when I finally die and I get to go to heaven. That's when it begins. But we know better. That began the day we repented and put our faith in Christ. We were born again. We became spiritually alive. It is. But the fullness of it is not yet. Okay? We're we're in between those two of redemption and complete restoration. So we're right between the two in the already and not yet. So why are we doing it? Okay, why are we going through Advent? Well, it's really setting a posture to best receive the gift of Jesus. I don't know about you guys, but that needs to be a daily reception, doesn't it? Okay, I receive you again and again. How many of you guys feel like you've gotten born again more than once? You know, it's like almost every time I hear the gospel, it's like, yeah, I need you, Jesus. (laughs) Please come into my life. You know, we always want him. Once you're born again, you're born again. You guys understand that, right? (laughs) But it's just that's one of those realities. We want him, more of him. So some of us grew up with the tradition of Advent. Okay, we followed it with the church calendar every single year. We don't always do it every year here at Freedom. And there's a reason we're really intentional in that okay because the reality of advent do you guys know we have some they'll go to church twice a year (laughs) you know when that is christmas and easter okay we believe here at freedom that christ isn't just a seasonal thing not just a tradition that we do once a year but his word who he is that's our life That's every day we need to be welcoming that. So I'm totally okay when we don't do an Advent and we just keep cruising through the scriptures because what are we doing? The exact same thing we do during an Advent. I hope you guys come when you come to church, when you wake up in the morning and you're having your morning devotions with the Lord, that your heart is always open in receiving from him. That's our posture every day as our lives as believers. So my heart is that f- us for this, that we will realize that there is a real and deep meaning of Advent, you know, and maybe it's the first time some of you guys will be doing this. We've done a few over the years. Um, uh, there's a blessing in it. So if you're like me, every Christmas season, you promise yourself that this year it's going to be different, okay? Okay. I'm not going to fall into those traps again because I want this to be the priority, right? I'm not going to let my day planner get inked over by the rush and the crush. But let's make our best effort, guys, to remember and to focus on the reason of the Advent season, okay? And Jesus is the reason for what? Not just this season, every season. Okay? Amen? (laughs) He is the reason. But how much more can we be intentional this time of year? And I want us to grab, you guys have been hearing me say for years, it's just like, hey, I love Christmas time. Because it's one time of the year that maybe an unbelieving co-worker or family member might actually be open to talking about Jesus. Rest of the year, we don't do that. But, oh, Christ is in Christmas, I guess. (laughs) We can have this conversation. So, Be praying. Be sharing. Jesus is the reason. So we're going to have three Sundays. We're going to look at Advent. This morning is expectant waiting. We're going to look next week at hopeful anticipation. And then the third one we'll do uh, the week before um, Christmas is joyful preparation. So we'll have... Christmas Eve service here, where we're going to take time to look at a Christmas carol of old, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. We're going to sing that together as we conclude service today, and we're going to sing it every week up to that point. I don't know about you guys, but isn't it fun to worship when you actually know the song? So I'm hoping that we'll know the song well <laughs> by Christmas Eve service, okay? So when did Advent, or Advent start? I'm glad you guys asked. Does anybody know? We don't exactly know. We don't know. I looked into it. They don't know for sure. What I, wa- I did find, guys, is it started somewhere around the 4th century. Okay, First uh, writing of it that was found was in 380 AD in the Council of Sargosa. Okay? Hispania, which is Spain, so that's where it originated maybe from. Priscillianism, okay, um, that was a Gnostic heresy, and we've uh, looked into that a little bit as we've gone through the scripture. It's not good. It's creeping back into our culture here again, and this is something that the early church was struggling with. But they believe in this anti physical, more into like the spiritualism, um, that nothing in creation, especially our bodies, was made good, so it really doesn't matter what we do in the flesh. Okay, doesn't matter. And Jesus really didn't come in the flesh either. He was just a spirit being. That's what they were teaching people. Okay, and a lot of people, if we're honest, that's what they look at today when they consider you Christians in church. It's just spirituality. Okay, Um, but the council's response to that type of teaching that was creeping in and being spread at that time. I loved it because they doubled down with Advent because they emphasized that Jesus did come in his physical body. We're going to pause and we're going to consider and take time to focus on his first coming, that he really did come as a man okay, (laughs) to die for the sins of the world physically. And encouraged all believers to attend services during that time. So there was a call. And we still see that today because there's a good handful of people that come just during Christmas, okay? So I do appreciate that they did that. Like, hey, we gotta set some things straight. So Christmas and Easter, they're the biggest celebrations of the church. Back then, they became really just two weeks beforehand, they would put an emphasis on these big events to really direct people's hearts to the Lord. Hey, we're looking to Jesus. Um, And it usually was a way for the church to get focused and to get the world to consider Jesus. So in modern day, guys, Advent's become uh, a little bit bigger. Okay, normally it's four weeks leading up to Advent. Uh, Christmas, okay? Um, we're only doing it in three. We're a little faster here at Freedom. Um, for you guys who are into traditions, you like candles, they would uh, have four candles leading up to it. How many you guys like purple? Do you guys know purple is the color of Christmas? Oh cool, huh? So they'd have four candles for each one of the Sundays leading up to it. So we're gonna light a candle a week until we get to Christmas Eve, which is gonna be pretty pink. How many of you guys like pink? Yeah, my daughter isn't in here. She'd be like, yeah, let's do pink. So they'd light one each week leading up to Advent. So Light of the world. Someone asked me this morning if I was going to light myself on fire. I want to be on fire when I'm preaching. Spitting fire, right? Let the world see. That's what the world does need, people. Are you are you fired up for Jesus? So colors, purple, and rose. Now, I want to specifically talk into the expectant waiting this morning. That's, this is the point I want us to catch this morning in our first Advent Study, okay? It is less passive and more active, okay? It's not sitting on your hands and waiting. Don't we have a tendency to do that, guys? I don't know when it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just waiting around, right? So it's not sitting on our hands. Christian, waiting is less passive and more active in its res- or, re- uh reception so if we consider guys as we respond to what God's asking of us, it is the idea okay of advent that God moves first towards us and then waits. You guys know the grace of God has appeared to all men? Titus 2:11, why aren't all people saved? thought the heart of God was none should perish isn't that his will don't I read the gospel of John that is super cool and we get in chapter 14 and 15 and 16 and it talks about the Holy Spirit working on the world convincing the world of truth convicting the world of sin that's everybody God's done that then he waits on us. Are we going to respond to him? He waits for us to respond. This morning you guys came to church because yes. I'm going to respond to you, God. There may be some of you here this morning that are seeking. Maybe you don't even know God yet. But you're responding to a conviction, to a truth that you know that there is a creator. There's got to be something more. Is there hope? Is there truth? You're seeking and you're responding. And as you respond, God's promise to show Himself if you seek for me with all your heart, you're going to find me. But how many people actually seek? You ask most your neighbors, what are you seeking for this holiday season? I'm looking for the deals online. (laughs) That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to seeing family because I don't get to see them that often. Or I'm looking forward to Christmas break. A couple extra days off of work. Those will be most of the responses you get. How many people are in a place where they've set their heart to seek the Lord? I'm going to wait on Him. I love the Christmas story. We have Mary. Who's Mary? The mother of Jesus. I am excited to meet her someday in heaven. I love reading about her in the scriptures. But she was visited by an angel. You guys remember which angel? Gabriel, when you study the scriptures, catch it. Gabriel's always the one showing up with the message. Okay? Prophecy. Hey, I'm going to tell you something that's going to go down. It's going to happen. So told that she was going to have a baby. Uh, Did she understand it? No, she was a young girl. What? I'm not even married. (laughs) She didn't understand. Gabriel explains it to her, and she still doesn't understand. But as we look at this account in the scriptures, okay, Gabriel lastly mentioned her very old relative Elizabeth. You guys remember that, okay? And she is six months pregnant. With God all things are possible. Do you guys know that? Do you guys know where that's said in scripture? It's this story. What? Elizabeth is past baby-bearing years. <laughs> she can't have a kiddo. <laughs> and she's pregnant. With all things. <laughs> okay. All things with God. It can happen, guys. So Mary gives her. <laughs> Yes to God. (laughs) Yes. Let it be to me according to your word. You guys see why I'd like to meet Mary someday? Is that not a cool believer? Whatever you say, Lord. Whatever it is. Even though this is really out there. (laughs) Never heard of anything like this before. (laughs) But according to your word. Let it be done. Now consider what she did next, and that's where we're going to look now in Luke chapter 1. And I want to encourage you guys in this Advent season, take a read through the early chapters of uh, the Gospels, okay? Um, We're going to look at verse 39 here. Catch what happens immediately after this. It says, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea. To the town where Zachariah lived, she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. So after Mary surrendered her will to God's, her role was not simply <laughs> sit back and wait. Is that what God said? Just hang out. You're gonna be pregnant. No, she was asked to do something. For she didn't just wait around for the salvation of the world to happen, but she hurried to assist family member in need. Hey, you got an older cousin. <laughs> She's six months pregnant. I'm letting you know that. When God lets you know something, when he gives you some insight, hey, there's a person there who's in need. But I'm waiting on this. <laughs> Don't you know I have this going on? I got to see how it plays out first. And if it happens to work out that I have some extra time, then I'll go and consider what you've shown me. Don't you love Mary's example here? (laughs) God spoke this. All right, I'm going. She hurried. That's what the scriptures tell us. I want to be like that. I want to be like, all right, God, (laughs) you said it. Let's go. Let's not wait on making that phone call, going to help out and to lend a hand. So... Being active, she receives both grace and a special mission to go where she is needed and to be God's hands and feet for others. So Mary shows us that receiving does not consist of passivity, but rather, guys, an openness to be active in whatever role God is asking you to partake in. Okay? Um... Shalom and I have been watching some Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. She thinks they're the coolest. Um, 40s, 50s, I think they started in the mid-30s. But I love this because Fred said in regard as the greatest, probably uh, musical dancer of all time, uh, <coughs> he said this, Ginger Rogers did, the, well, actually consider this first, Ginger Rogers did the same as what Fred did except backwards in high heels. Okay, so <laughs> she was not a professionally trained dancer at all, but Fred liked dancing with her best because, and he said this, she just let me lead her wherever I wanted to go. Let Jesus lead, guys. Wherever he's taking you, follow his lead. Lead you through this season Lead you through life, lead you through His word to give you what you need for the day. Let him lead. Where are you leading, Lord? What do you want him to speak? Let's turn to Psalm 149. I read this this morning. Do you allow God to speak to you, to lead you in your devotion time? Right towards the end of the Psalms. I want to encourage you guys. When you open his word, drink it in. (laughs) Take it in. There's times, and I'll confess, where I'm just reading for a while, and I have to stop and be like, what did I just read? You guys, I don't know if you have the same problem. Your head starts to wander, and you're still reading, but you're not even thinking on what you're reading anymore. And this is God's word. Drink it in. (laughs) okay? Allow it to minister to you. We're not going to read all of Psalm 149. I just want to jump down to verse 4, maybe a few verses there. Okay. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. I had to pause this morning. (laughs) I'm one of your peeps. (laughs) Do you really take pleasure in me? I'm going to drink this in right now because I know me. (laughs) And you say that you take pleasure in your people. And if I'm one of your people, is that really true? son that's true I take pleasure in you I love you despite you I just really love you I like you too I like that we're talking that we're hanging out that you're wanting to hear from me drink it in and then he goes on to say he will beautify the humble with salvation oh drink that in for a moment what there's a beauty in humility in salvation's to be found in that. Whoa, there's a Bible study for the rest of the morning, right? Drink it in. Verse five: Let the saints be joyful in glory. What? I can be joyful. I'm not always feeling happy. I ain't always joyful. Let the saints be joyful in glory, and let them sing aloud on their beds. Okay, I was up half the night last night. <laughs> I should have been rejoicing instead of complaining about the pain. I know you were trying to speak to me. We prayed a little, but we had some hours we could have considered some cool stuff. I could have found joy in this, knowing that your grace would suffice when I had to preach this morning. Drink it in, guys. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You guys know that you hold the word of God, which is a sword in your hand, the sword of the spirit. Wow. Do we receive all that God has? And what do I do with that? We just looked at a few little verses out of a psalm. But what do we do with that? And that's where the invitation is. God's always speaking, guys. Always speaking. Always doing. Are we going to respond? Sometimes his word directs us. Sometimes it lifts us up. Sometimes you just need to digest it. Be receptive to what he wants to speak to you through this season. Not just, oh, yippee skippy, pastor is doing an Advent series. This will be good. Cute little sermonette, topical study on Advent the next three weeks. There's more to be had, guys. I pray that this time on Sunday morning is kind of like the cherry on the top of what God has been ministering and speaking to you through his word and doing in your life throughout the week that there's some confirmation that God brings home. You guys ever have that happen? God's speaking something, and you show up at church, whether it's through a worship song or the message being preached, and you're just like, whoa. The odds of that, that's not an odd thing. <laughs> it's a God thing. That's our God. That's what he does. So Advent is slowing down. It's the slowing down of our heart and our mind. And we need to do that. And sometimes God's going to force that to happen. And it might be an early morning (laughs) where, hey, you got nothing else to do but just to be still and to know that I'm God. You see, Advent, guys, is hope in waiting. Right now, what are you waiting for? I'm waiting for you to stop taking a drink, Pastor, so you can keep talking at me. What are you waiting for? You're waiting for COVID to finally be done done? I don't know. That is the answer, buddy. (laughs) Lenin, you got it right on. But is that what we actually wait on all the time? Is that where our heads actually go? I'm waiting to see who's gonna be in Super Bowl 57. Because don't you guys know, even though we traded Adams to the Raiders, we got a two-time MVP in a row, Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers are just gonna go to the Super Bowl anyways. The Lions are in second place in our division. In my lifetime, the Packers went to the Super Bowl twice. I'm starting to get old. Only two times. A lot of waiting on what. And two times is better than most teams get in the NFL in that time span. Three times in the last my lifetime? Oh. Oh, they lost one. Just makes me wait more. In hope that they'll do it next year, maybe. It's a rebuilding year, by the way. I have to wait for next year. Right? Oh, and the chargers. Ouch. A lot of weight in there, bro. You get what I'm talking about. <laughs> right? Alright, let's let's get real for a minute. We're actually waiting to see what we're gonna get on Christmas Day. What did mom and dad get for me? Did my spouse catch all those hints I've been laying down the last six months? <sighs> Are these the things we wait for? Is this the best waiting we can do? Do you guys see where I'm going with this? I mean, we could sit here for a while and just exhaust I don't want to call these things stupid, but in comparison to what really matters, especially when we know what matters as believers, what a waste of a waiting mode. We are far too easily satisfied. We've been created to be satisfied in one thing, We've been created for our God. Our souls have been created to wait patiently upon him. And that's when we find satisfaction. You see, on the other hand, maybe you're waiting for lab results of a biopsy. Or maybe you're waiting for some reprieve from some emotional devastating situation. These are not light things to wait on or wait for. But Psalm 37.7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. That's what we're to do. And God never promises that our seasons of waiting will end by receiving exactly what we want. Have you guys found that scripture yet? I haven't. The church down the road will teach you that. But they're going to be lying to you. Not in all infertility ends with a baby, guys. Not all cancer ends with a cure. Not all singleness ends with a spouse. That is reality. That is life. Which means that our hope can't be anchored in the thing we're waiting for. Okay, if you have wandered in your mind, I need you to come back right now because this is what it's all about this morning. Okay, the whole build-up and the whole point of this study this morning, this is it right here. Okay, we need to stop misplacing our hopes. Our hope has to be anchored in something far greater it has to be guys the promises in the character of god that's what we are anchored to brother sister cuz all the promises in Christ Jesus are what yes and amen in the character of our god don't you aren't you guys so glad that he is good and aren't you glad that he doesn't change i didn't have to wake up today and think god do you still love me Do I still have eternal life? Do you still care? You see, he is far greater, guys. So knowing the nature and the character of God is (laughs) to know best even in the midst of turmoil. Why? Because what God does, it flows out of who God is. Which means that if he is good, then his ways are good. And if his ways are good, then his answers are good, even if they're hard. Even if they're not the answer we want. And unfortunately, we don't always view life that way, do we? It's far too easy to view God's character through the lens of our situation instead of the other way around. I remember growing up and going deer hunting with my dad, okay? and hey, man, is that a deer way out there? I think I saw something move. And you grab the binoculars. How many of you guys had a pair of binoculars or do have a pair? Aren't they the coolest thing? Man, I put out the binoculars and I'd be like, whoa, yep, something's there. That's oh, a squirrel. <laughs> I've been blessed with squirrels in my deer hunting career. Um, <clears throat> But the funnest thing with the binoculars when I was a kid, you guys ever do this? You turn them around backwards. (laughs) Isn't that what I'm talking about? What happens? Everything gets super tiny. And I think that's what we do with God a lot as believers, guys. We're looking at him backwards. We see him as too small. Yeah. I think he's out there somewhere. Is that him way out there? No. We need to renew our minds. We need to get our thinking right. We need to believe what he has said. And as we focus and we fix our eyes upon Jesus, okay, he's going to be so much greater and so much bigger. Because that's who he is. I want to take a look. Oh. There we go. (laughs) This is from Romans chapter 8 here. I posted this morning in our Facebook page and group a study that we did from Romans 8 that covers this passage. If you guys have time, I want you to go revisit that study. Because it is so applicable and right on to where God has us this morning. And I love these scriptures. This is verse 22 and 23 of Romans 8. It says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who are the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. Is Advent a good thing? (laughs) Waiting upon God, it's biblical, guys. We are waiting upon him. And we're still waiting, right with all of creation, for God to complete his grand restoration project. He will return again. He will make all things new. And his promises, guys, the promise of Advent, I think it fuels our confidence as believers at least this is where God's taken my heart in light of this study. Whoa, I do have hope, okay, that one day you're going to come and you're going to do that work of mending the entire world because we are broken. We are failing. The best of us, okay, even the greatest governments of the world are falling short. We need you, to come back we need to put that all upon your shoulders we need you to bring healing to mend this world to usher in your shalom your beautiful perfect peace is what we need it's what we long for and it is not going to come to this world until you return so you guys see how practical Advent is count down the days maybe on an Advent calendar any of you guys have one of those Yeah, do you guys have the Star Wars one? I almost got it. It looked really fun. But the point is, have fun with Advent. Be anticipating, looking forward to. And yeah, you're three days behind, but that's okay. Yeah, we'll miss one Advent Sunday. That's okay. Do what you can. It should be joyful. It should be fun. It should be daily surprises of joyful waiting. Slow down and participate in the daily rhythms of prayer and scripture reading, which prepares the points of our hearts towards Jesus. And I don't want to miss that. I don't want my family to miss that. I don't want my family to miss that. I got a kiss from Sonny the other day. Yeah, I know. I put up the Christmas tree. It was that easy. We weren't going to do it this year. We're not putting the ornaments on this year. And we have the ornaments, okay? Mark and Joe hook our kids up every year with the ornaments. They're starting to get old, so they got all of theirs, and Sonny has all of hers from like 30 years ago, 40 years ago. She's not that old. 30 years ago. <laughs> no ornaments. I got the kids. are each reading a different Advent devotional this year. And whatever scripture or thing that God is ministering to their heart, new ways that they're seeing Jesus, I'm asking them just to cut out a snowflake and write that scripture or thought down, and we're going to put that up on the tree, something just a little different. But we want to be purposeful. What can I change? What can we do a little different this year? to make that the priority, the seeking, okay? So have fun with that. There's a lot of things we can do because the hustle and the bustle, maybe we need to take a time out. Hey, I'm gonna go volunteer at the pantry. What a bummer time of year to be in the hospital. Maybe I'll go up and serve at the hospital. Maybe I'll serve somebody. Maybe I'll be patient with my family. (laughs) Maybe I'm gonna speak kindly to strangers. Maybe church, I'll go. I'll make that a priority. Share hope with those who need it most, guys. And take Advent in. Okay? We do not listen to any Christmas music until Thanksgiving's done. Well, guys, it's on now. Hey, Siri. Oops. (laughs) Play some Christmas music. <laughs> it's as simple as that. and I love it, guys. I love it.. You're pretty great, too. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. <laughs> oh. Advent is an invitation to prepare for Jesus, asking him to come into the mess of our lives, to come into the business of our season. And he wants to be a part of your life. So you are welcome to participate in this story as much as you want. There's something about your story that's connected with the big story. You're not an accident. God has created you. He's given you life. You live at this time for a reason, guys. For a reason. And that big story, guys, overarching thing, God is with us. That is what we get to share with the world That's what we get to live in and enjoy. And that's what he is inviting us into. But the question, and this is the last question this morning, is will you be a part of it? That's on you. That's on me. He's done his part.